0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thanks so much for coming back to hang out with me for a little bit today. I've got two objectives with this episode. I think they're related, though they will look a little bit different. The first thing I want to do is expand a little bit on episode 3.36. 3.36 3.36. 3.36 was aired last week and it was all about how to redefine yourself. Then I want to talk about binging. We can lump eating, uh, overeating into this category as well. I know a lot of people don't like the word binge or they don't use that as the word to describe overeating. Sometimes they look the same. Sometimes they look very, very different. I've learned a lot about overeating, eating to the point of regret, binging, and I have a perspective from my own experience as well as from my work uh, with some clients about how we really misunderstand what we're doing and why when we do that. And I want to tackle that today, shine some light on it, and hopefully help you take a few steps forward, whether you're struggling with overeating, whether you're struggling with binging, call it whatever you would like. I want to start by talking about episode 336. If you have not yet listened to 336, How to Redefine Yourself, please start there first. Check that out and then meet me back here. For those of you who have listened to that episode, 336, How to Redefine Yourself, I got a lot of positive feedback on that episode. And more than a few people felt like it was one of the best episodes of the Primal Potential podcast ever. When I get that kind of feedback... I'm always curious, and I always ask people, and then I think back through it myself. I'm always curious about what is it, what is it that really resonates with people, and I think in that case, part of it was talking about my own experience. Right? Sometimes when we talk here on the podcast, it's um, non-specific. It's not about me. It's not about a client. It's generality. In general, I think people (laughs) – I didn't mean to do that. I think that most people do better with specificity than generality. So when I'm talking about my own experience, I think sometimes that's a better way to apply different techniques or strategies or lessons or theories. But I think the other thing is that many of us really aren't sure change is possible. Like we're really not sure that – we as tigers can, you know, change our stripes or spots or whatever tigers have, that we are capable of change. And in addition to that, in addition to my thoughts on 336, even before the feedback came in, as soon as I finished recording, I was like, oh, there were a couple things that I totally should have mentioned and I didn't think to do so because I don't script my episodes. So sometimes that happens. I think that redefining yourself and Tendencies or habits of overeating or binging are very much tied together. So that's why I've lumped these two things together for today. I hope you'll circle back to 336 if you have not yet listened to that episode, um, because I don't think what I'm about to share will make a whole lot more sense if you haven't listened to 336. But to give you guys a refresher who have listened to it, I was talking about how I redefined myself starting from chronic, overeating, emotional eater, yo-yo dieting obese woman to who I am today, feeling very confident about my ability to take care of myself, which I wasn't for a long time, feeling very capable about my ability to make great choices, even though I wasn't for a very long time, feeling very disciplined in my choices, food, fitness, lifestyle, finances, even though that is the last word, disciplined, that for most of my life, I would have used to describe myself. I talked about how part of my identity right now is very much that of a workhorse. I know I work harder than most people do at my job, but it wasn't always that way. I wasn't born that way. That's not naturally who I am, but it is now, right? I wasn't born that way. I wasn't that way as a teenager. I wasn't that way in my 20s, but I am that way now. And I think that a lot of people discount change, whether that's changing their binging patterns or overeating, because they tell themselves and really believe, this is just the way I am. They think, well, maybe I can do it for a few days or a few weeks or maybe even a few months, but inevitably, I go back to, quote unquote, the way I am. The whole point of episode 336 was to talk you through the fact that you can change, And also give you some insight into how I made those changes. I talked about how I changed at work, how I changed in my finances, and, of course, nutrition, fitness, that sort of thing. Many, many people feel like the work required to change is just So significant, so much work, so hard. It's such a chore and a burden. And the point that I really want to kind of double back on and emphasize that maybe I didn't hit enough on in 336 is that I have seen in my own experience and with my clients that doing the work feels better and brings more pleasure than not doing the work. Doing the work of change. Though it can feel different and hard in the moment, it does bring more pleasure than not doing it. And the only way to learn that for yourself is to dive in and experience it. That's the only way you're going to see it. Don't wait until you get it. Don't even wait until you believe it to take action. Take action and you will find it to be so. Making the right food choices often uses less energy than not making them and it feels better. Unfortunately, we have a tendency to convince ourselves otherwise. We convince ourselves that eating whatever we want, whenever we want, feels better, and practicing discipline in what and how much we eat feels worse. And this is part of the big lie about binging and overeating that I want to talk about in a couple minutes. I'm on my way there, I promise. One of the things I talked about in 336 was my transformation in my professional life, and I shared how part of my or big part, of the trigger to my physical transformation was recognizing, hey, wait, I'm not unmotivated. I'm actually really motivated in my work life. I'm very disciplined in my work life. But I wasn't always. I used to be a slacker. And it was hard work to get good at my job. But here's what I think I failed to mention. It was totally exhausting and miserable to suck at my job before I decided to get good at it, right? Yes, I had to put in effort to learn more about the products than the other people there. I had to put in effort to go to more meetings and learn about other areas of the company. It took energy to go in early and leave late, but it felt awful to not be good at my job and feel overwhelmed and stress about deadlines and worry if people thought, that I was a slacker because I was gone for three hours in the middle of the day. I was, and they probably did. And that was a real emotional burden, right? I was cutting corners, and I felt the weight of that. It made things harder, and I didn't feel good about myself, and I wasn't happy. Taking care of yourself makes everything easier. And if you just act on that instead of waiting to believe it, everything in your life will get better, Little things make a difference. Keeping your car clean can impact your food choices. Keeping your house clean can impact your food choices. Staying on top of your laundry can impact your food choices. And all of these things can impact your career and your relationship. It makes it easier. It makes things easier. It makes life easier. And part of it is because you're more efficient, but a lot of it also has to do with how you feel. Proud, accomplished, capable, confident. We want to grab up every small opportunity to make ourselves feel that way. And I learned that it just felt better to make good food choices than to make bad ones. Was it tough to make a disciplined food choice when I wanted to indulge? Yes. Could I avoid that effort, skip it over if I just gave in and indulged? Absolutely. But the emotional burden of constantly indulging was suffocating. Whether it was feeling guilty, stressing over what to wear because I didn't think I looked good in anything, worrying about going to the doctor because I didn't want to get on the scale, thinking about how much I should eat, what I should eat, what I would eat next, what diet I was going to go on, if I would fail, how much weight I could lose by the next big family event. Dude, it was constantly hard. Making good choices isn't always easy, but it's not constantly hard like being unhappy is like wanting something different for your life is. It is easier to create the change you want than to accept the life you don't. Seriously, right? I'm not misleading you here, but you can't wait to believe it or to get it. You just have to act on it, right? Change was hard for me because my normal was overeating, right? Because I didn't know. I didn't know what was on the other side of that effort. I didn't recognize or appreciate that there was something easier. All I knew was the very hard way I was living. I didn't know what was on the other side. And so it was really tough to talk myself into those choices. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you that it is easier to great, take great care of yourself than not to, right? Right? Weight loss and food guilt and food obsession ruled my life, and that was way harder than the discipline and the effort of change and the focus required for consistency. I learned that I actually enjoyed food more when I indulged less, and I enjoyed food less when I indulged more. Seriously. I learned that I was happier when I was spending less than when I was spending more. And all of this leads me to the biggest lie about binges that I want to talk about today. Biggest lie about overeating. And that lie is that we do it because we like it. The lie is that we do it because it feels good. That's not true. And I'm going to get a little bit personal here about my own thoughts that would come up when I would binge, if you'll indulge me in that, because I think some of you can relate to the specificity there. I did look forward to binges, right? I thought that I did it because I wanted to, because it made me feel better. I would decide to binge and then I would be kind of amped up about planning what I was going to eat and where I would eat it and when I would eat it, like a tunnel vision focus on that. And because I turned to this after stress or emotion, I had convinced myself that it was a coping mechanism, that the overeating or the binge eating, call it what you'd like, was helpful, a positive response, not positive as in good, but positive as in helpful to the stressor. Ah, yes, food. Just let me eat. Just let me turn away. Let me give myself what I want right now. But here's one of the things that I really understood in looking back at this and thinking about 336 and, and thinking about my clients who struggle with overeating. When I really love something... When something is really good, good for me and I enjoy it fully, when something works, I want to share it, right? Let's think for a second about some of the things you love most, things that are amazing, things you love, things that make you feel great, things that make you feel happy. You want to share them with people, right? Like if I'm reading a book and it's amazing and it's blowing my mind, I want to tell somebody about it. I have a couple friends who randomly get texts or emails from me with, oh my gosh, you're going to love this. If I watch an amazing movie, I want to tell people about it. If I have an amazing meal... I want to tell my friends, oh my gosh, you need to check out this place, right? Or I want to put a picture on social media and say, this was to die for. If I hear a song that I love, I want to share it. But the binges, I never wanted to share. Not only that, I would go to great lengths to hide it. Second guess anything that you say brings you pleasure if you want to hide it. Because there's something happening below the surface. Ask yourself, this thing I'm turning to, is this a place I hide or is this a place I thrive? The things we love, they're things that make us thrive. But if we're hiding, that's not the behavior that goes along with something you really love, right? And when I ask that question, is this a place I hide or is this a place I thrive? Don't overthink it. Make it black and white. Thrive or hide? What is this? One of my clients posted something in his journal the other day that I totally loved and immediately shared with a bunch of my groups He wrote, I build routines that pay me back, not set me back. I build routines that pay me back, not set me back. They don't hold me back. They pay me back. Those things that pay us back, those things that make us feel good, that we make happen, that make us proud, those are the things we love. Those things that set us back, we resent them. They create drama and anxiety and tension in our lives, right? We might turn to them out of habit, but it doesn't mean they work, they don't. It doesn't mean they help, they don't. Binging doesn't work. It's not a solution. It is a collection of well-worn lies you tell yourself. Stories you sell yourself. This past weekend, I was at the CrossFit regionals for the East Region in Albany, New York, and tens of thousands of people compete to make it to the CrossFit Games. Only the top five people from every region get to go to the Games And one of the women who made that top five advancing from the East region, after she found out that she was in the top five, she posted on social media a picture of the cover of her training notebook, okay? And on the cover of her training notebook was a note she wrote to herself a year ago after not qualifying for the Games. And the note says, nothing in training will hurt as bad as not qualifying for the Games. So she had not qualified. She had felt that pain and she wrote on her training notebook as a reminder for the times when she didn't want to put in the effort, when she didn't want to make the hard choice, that none of that, getting through those hard workouts, showing up when you want to stay home, those things, it doesn't hurt as bad as what you really, really want and missing out on that. Never forget that, right? And I will tell you. From my experience, from seeing so many of my clients experience the same thing, there is no disciplined food choice. There is no temptation that when you turn it down, when you say, no, thank you, or not today, that will hurt as bad as the hurt of regret in not taking care of yourself, right? For me, there is no discipline that will hurt more then letting myself down and feeling that remorse and that regret, to feel like my goals were out of reach, to lack confidence, to hate my body, to avoid social situations because of my weight, that stuff hurts so much more than the pain of discipline in a moment. There is no discipline that will hurt as bad as the pain I lived for most of my life when I was turning to food and telling myself I loved it. Not that I loved being overweight, but I loved getting to eat what I want when I wanted You know, I would tell myself in a moment requiring discipline that all I wanted to do is just have a freaking cookie. No, I don't. It might be the habitual response, the pattern of behavior, but it's not what I want. It's not what I love. That is a lie. That is a set of lies. It's a well-worn story I have sold myself. It's a habit. It is a scream from your comfort zone to stay there. But guys, it feels amazing to feel amazing, and to create that, you have to be intentional, choice by choice, intentional. I just finished up um, Danielle, or I am finishing up, not, I still have a few pages left, Danielle Laporte's new book, White Hot Truth. I might do a book club episode on it, I'm not sure, um, but one of the things in there is that it says that love is how you discern what goes or stays in your life, that love is the deciding factor. So this can be another black and white filter you use for your choices. Does it display love for myself? Does it display love for my life? It's yes or no. Don't overthink it. I got a text um, just a few hours ago. Well, no, a couple days ago from one of my clients. And she is currently in the thick of the hard work required to change her life, to change her finances, her body, her fitness. And she really used to think that indulging was a source of pleasure for her, relief and reward. But it created a cage. It chained her to a life she didn't love. It was just a story she sold herself, well worn lies she told herself. I feel like that should be like a country song that I should write, maybe? The stories we sell ourselves, the well worn lies we tell ourselves. Maybe, maybe I'm just gonna write a country song. Anyway, so she sent me a text message, and uh, the text had a picture of her out on the lake with her niece and her dog, and she said, Life is good. It's not that food is good life is good. And now that she's cut some of the chains from food, she's actually living her life. And I'm not saying we shouldn't enjoy food. We should. But there is this delicate tipping point, something I encourage all of my clients to find. Where is that line for you where you cross over Where on one side it's, this was amazing and I want to share it and I want to tell other people and I feel really good. And the other side, when you cross over the line is, I overdid it. I regret it. Now there's negative emotion attached to this choice and I'm frustrated. Where is that line? You can maybe eat a cookie in front of your family and feel fine about it and really enjoy it. But for those handfuls of cookies, eating the whole sleeve of cookies, you're hiding or waiting until no one is around. That's not pleasure. That's a choice where you're hiding, not thriving. Sometimes we just need to remind ourselves that it doesn't actually feel good to hide. It doesn't feel good to make choices that limit what you can and will and want to do with your life. Sometimes we just need a reminder that even though we tell ourselves something, it doesn't make it true. Even though we've done something for years and years and years out of habit, habit isn't necessarily pleasure. Easy isn't the same thing as pleasurable, as rewarding or fulfilling. All right, guys, I want to remind you guys that the next Fat Loss Fast Track kicks off on July 9th. July 9th, which means registration will open in late June. There is a wait list open now. I will link to it in the show notes over on primalpotential.com, but you can also go to primalpotential.com forward slash shop. And there, in addition to some coffee mugs and some t-shirts and things like that, you will find the wait list for the summer Fat Loss Fast Track, which again kicks off On July 9th. All right. I will chat with you guys soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make it a great day and I'll see you later. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas, every week, right to your inbox, Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com join. See you there.